Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Joining me today on the podcast is the offensive line coach at Tulane, Cody Kennedy. Cody, it's great to have you here on the podcast. It's great to be on here. Uh, great opportunity to to learn, and you do a great job with uh, you know speaking with coaches from all levels. It's a, a great tool. I, I appreciate that, Coach. And um, as you know, I always love to get a little bit on on your coaching journey. Uh, so I want to want to talk about. How you got into this? I, I read an interesting story on on uh, Nola dot com about uh, you know your persistence. I would say if if there was a word that embodied your your start in coaching, it would probably be persistence. Talk- uh, that that's a hundred that's a hundred percent correct. Uh, you know, I started uh, played football at Southeastern Louisiana University and uh, finished up in twenty twelve. Got a chance. Uh, you know, after my playing career was up, to be a little student, be a student assistant there uh, under offensive line coach Alan Rudolph, who's at uh, Ohio now, uh, gave me a great opportunity to to you know play college football and and get my feet wet a little bit. And uh, while I was finishing up student teaching there and finishing my undergrad degree, uh, let me get into the game a little bit, and I'm uh, forever grateful to him for that. Uh, and then from there, uh, got my start as a graduate assistant at the uh, University of West Alabama under our offense coordinator here at Tulane, Coach Will Hall, uh, gave me my first crack at it and uh, was offensive line GA there for two years. And uh, we had great success, uh, won back-to-back conference championships uh, there in the Gulf South Conference in a, an extremely tough Division II league who um, puts out a lot of talent. And uh, we, we were very successful there. Uh, so that was kind of how I got into it, uh, you know, and just, just persistence, man. It, it, it's tough to get uh, those opportunities if you don't go, you know, beat, beat the door down to go to go get them and uh, make sure you're talking with people and have a strong network and, you know, or put yourself out there to, to get those opportunities. So that was a, a great start for me. Yeah, and that was something I learned in just reading about your start. I think a couple things. Number one, um, you certainly had set yourself up for success in that uh, the people who knew you could say that this guy does things the right way. So that's always the most important thing is is that you do things the right way. And then, you know, you re- worked really hard on, on building a network and trying to get to know people. And 
and essentially doing a, a lot of, you know, what salesmen have to do, doing a lot of cold calling, right? And, and taking yeah, probably yeah. taking a lot of, of no's or non-responses and that's not right. getting discouraged by it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's that's one thing, uh, you know, young young coaches are, are going to encounter at times is, you know, failure, rejection and things like that. And, uh, you know, self-confidence and not putting any job uh, below yourself, make the most opportunity of any job and, uh, you know, any task kind of treat it as an interview. You know, what what you do, the work you put out there, that's building your brand, building your reputation. That's huge in this, uh, you know, coaching world and the ability to build relationships with your players as well as, you know, the guys you're working with is a, a huge uh, deal for you. And, uh, you know, luckily I was around some really great coaches throughout my uh, you know, career, uh, you know, being at from from West Alabama, went to University of West Georgia and uh, made it to the semifinals there. Uh, I was in a quality control role there and then uh, got hired as a, my first full-time offensive line coaching job uh, at the University of North Carolina at Pembroke. Shane Richardson, the head coach there, gave me my first opportunity to kind of run my own room and, uh, you know, hop in the deep end at an early age. And, uh you know, it, it was a great experience. And then Coach Hall had another opportunity to come up at West Georgia where he could hire me back. So I came back down there and uh, was, a, you know, the full-time offensive line coach at the University of West Georgia for two years and uh, had a great time, you know, finding out what I believed as an offensive line coach, things, different theories, different techniques uh, that I wanted to use. And uh, it was a big, big period of growth within my career you know those three years going to unc pembroke and then getting a job at west georgia uh was great you know great learning experience well coach i think you know one thing you mentioned there probably the most exciting thing for any offensive line coach is is getting that opportunity to have your own room and when i look at any any really good offensive line unit uh on teams that i've been a part of is they had a leader there in their coach and he he was good at developing those relationships because that group I mean you you work them hard um, but at the same time is probably one of the most tight-knit units on the team and, and it's really a lot of times it's it's the culture within the culture it's the team within the team um, and, and the way you, you build that unit because I, I forget there was a coach on my podcast one time I never thought about it this way it's the only group only positions in in sports any sports that never look at the ball right you think everybody right. else gets, <laughs> is looking at the ball they they never see it they're just out there doing their work with with the back their backs to everything else that's happening behind it to to be able to open up opportunities for other people so uh, talk to us a little bit especially as you head into camp right it's it's always exciting and you get those guys back on campus and move in day and all those things and to see them to show up to you know the first meal and then then getting that first meeting with them, right, and setting the tone and, you know, what kinds of things are, are you working early on to in, install with these guys? I know you've been working with a lot of them. I know you did, had your spring ball, but now you also have that dynamic of the freshmen coming in. So it is it is really um, kind of taking some of what you did, but still kind of a new build as, as far as the people in that room. So what are you looking to establish? What are you installing early on? Definitely. Uh, I, I think just entering into that first meeting, you know, you got to set your standards and, and really lay the groundwork for what's expected of the guys, uh, you know, and then as you, as you build those relationships, you're able to show them on tape what the standard is and what we want to meet. Uh, when I first really roll into installing, 
you, you really got to ask the question of how do your players learn best? And you, you find that out through building those relationships. Uh, you know, I have an education teaching background. Uh, both my parents are educators. Uh, you know, I, I really take a lot of pride in the ability to teach and, and install, uh, you know, uh, our, our whole scheme up front. And, you know, you got visual, you got auditory, and you got kinesthetic learners. They're, they're all different molds of people. And you got to find out, uh, you know, how your players react to those, what works best. Some kids are, are truly, you know, visual guys. Some guys have to get out there and walk through it. Uh, how do they best digest that information uh, that you're trying to get across? Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's what's, what your guys know, not really what you know. Uh, so that transition of knowledge is, is huge when you go about installing. Uh, you know, visually, I try to attack it with, with using uh, different versions of film, whether that's NFL tape, uh, premier college programs, or, or, or our tape. You know, I try to mix it up and break the monotony a little bit by using different uh, different you know, teams to watch and sculpt our game uh, and, and our schemes too. And, uh, you know, obviously you're going to have the traditional ways for visual learners. you got your traditional playbooks, you know, and, and different things along those lines. But I try to connect the dots with, with different film usage. And then for your, for your auditory guys, you're going to be able to install on the board. Uh, I think a key with that is using consistent terminology. Uh, if you're calling it one thing, you need to call it that the whole time and, and not mix, mix your language up. Because those kids are coming from different programs, different high school programs, maybe different junior colleges, uh, and they're, they're trying to learn your language. And uh, a lot of times, if you, you know, you've got to keep that consistent uh, for that learning curve. And, um, you know, the biggest thing I learned from, from uh, Coach Piven at the University of Georgia with my time with him is, is you know, keep it simple. You know, keep, keep it extremely simple and then build on it, okay? Uh, and, and then your kinesthetic guys, um, you, you got your look walks and, you know, your what I call a quick call walkthrough where we're, we're making our calls as quick as we possibly can to make some pressure on them and, and walking through those things. And even meeting room demos help those kinesthetic guys a lot, and, you know, reviewing the drill work that you do each week. So you've got, you've got to mix and match the different ways you're presenting the information when you do install. I think that's huge uh, just because not everybody's built the same. Uh, and, and another point for me, uh, with the install is build off conceptual knowledge, uh, you know, build off of concepts, not really situations. Uh, football today, you're going to get various looks and fronts. Have a base foundation that you work off of, whether that's your zone concepts, your gap concepts, pin and pull stuff. Have baseline rules that no matter what the look is, my guys are able to, you know, answer the questions, you know, is there a guy in my gap? You know, do I have control of that gap? Is there nobody there? What do I do in those situations? And kind of break it down to a conceptual knowledge uh, of what we're trying to do right there. And, uh, you know, kind of, you know, my base thought off of it is who, how, and why. Who do we have to block? How are we going to block them? And why do we do it that way? Uh, so I, I try to get my, my guys confident in those three questions. And uh, that allows them to play faster. And uh, obviously throughout your install, uh, once you lay that base conceptual knowledge, you can stair step to unique situations. Uh, I, I think maybe one of the more unique things I, I, I try to do is uh, we, we have bell ringer board draw ups. Uh, so as, as the guys are filtering kind of into your meeting room, I've got looks on the board of plays we may have installed. And uh, I make those guys get up there and draw it up, man. I think it's one thing, 
if you uh, if you know it and can sit back there in the back of the room and talk about it. But it's another thing when you got to get up in front of the position room and draw on the board and, and and talk to those guys and you know talk through different situations. And pretty much it, it's a chance for some veterans to get up there and take ownership in the room and uh, be confident in what you're doing. Uh, so I, I think those are some things install-wise I like to focus on. Uh, you know, and, and be critical on yourself about the way you install. Uh, you know, always trying to get better yourself, different things you may see. Uh, I don't think you need to be scared to try new things with changing your delivery. If you don't like the outcome on the field, obviously you need to change the delivery because the guys in your room are not confident in what you're doing. Uh, you know, therefore they're making some, some busts and some errors. And, you know, maybe it's just simply going over it again, but maybe – you know, being self-critical, maybe it's the way you install it. And uh, I think you can't be above yourself and kind of look back at, at what you do uh, and, and maybe tweak some things. But, uh, you know, you, you got to work with your guys, and you're only as good as what your guys know. And uh, you always got to keep that in mind, especially when you're installing plays, in my opinion. Coach, the other side of this um, installation process is the stuff that's not in the playbook, right? It's not, not necessarily showing up. Uh, directly on film as an assignment or anything like that it's it's getting the chemistry you need out of these guys when you think about it you know the the way we work now in football and especially at the college level I mean you're gonna have you know if you're in the two deep as receivers you know there's a ton of receivers coming into the game you know ton of running backs defensive side of the ball always a new defensive line keeping those guys fresh trying to come after you but you don't see a lot of substitution once once you're able to set those five guys and, and keep them healthy. Um, maybe you do get in, you know, uh, that that next guy here and there. So if you need him, he's ready. But I mean, you're really relying on that group number one to emerge. Who are the five? And then as they emerge, how are they working together? How are they building that chemistry? Essentially, in that room, how are you building that brotherhood? Because the guys who aren't starting. And they got to be great support. When when everybody else comes to the sideline, you always see that group. I mean, they're thick as thieves. Yeah. I mean, they're together, right? That's so right. so how That's are you building right. that portion of it, Coach? Uh, you know, coaching offensive line, I absolutely love it. Uh, I, I think the guys are just, you know, truly built different. Uh, like you said, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, flashiness to the job. It's a thankless job. It's a blue-collar mentality. Uh, you know, when you're building that culture, you know, I, I go back to it, but you've got to have clear position group standards. And I always ask my guys a question, who do you want to be? And in other words, what do you want your reputation to be? Uh, what do you want to be known for? What's your brand? Uh, you, use tape within your meetings to consistently, you know, reiterate that. Uh, it, you know, show the good, show the bad, show when standards are being met, show when they're not. Uh, but but you got to make a heavy focus on that. Uh, I think another thing with building uh, – building culture uh and, and another great thing is having a positive meeting room interaction uh you, you got to make that meeting room a place where you can build confidence and learn and it's got to be open lines of communications uh you, you got to fight to really you don't want your group to clam up in the meeting room uh you want to be able to compute communicate uh at a high level uh encourage opinions you know kind of bring open-ended questions up to players or if they like the technique they see on tape or if they wish they would do, you know, would do something different. But, uh, you know, really trying to get them engaged. And, you know, when you hear people talk amongst the group, you kind of build camaraderie and build trust in each other. If everybody knows what everybody else is doing, 
uh, that, that kind of goes with what you were talking about as, you know, as far as building that trust and camaraderie, uh, everybody, everybody knows it also helps you as a coach. If, you know, if they can't talk about it or, you know, if they don't have a great answer to what you want them to be saying, then you need to reiterate that as a coach. And, you know, the biggest thing is build confidence in there, man. They, that's a, it's a rough game in there and uh, along the trenches and those guys got to be confident in what they're doing. And, um, you know, that, that's a huge thing. Um, you know, and we, we talked about uh, another thing as well as building that camaraderie. I try to come in every day to the meeting room and, and just be a normal person. Ask them a normal question. Hey, how's your day going? Different things like that to connect with the guys and not really roll into the meeting room and just be a robot. You know, you, you want to build that connection with guys and allow those guys to build a connection among themselves. Uh, so just the first couple of minutes, I know uh, a lot of us are strapped for time in meetings and, you know, different things like that. But I think it's it's good for those guys to see you um, not as a coach and more as a mentor and, and be able to check on those guys. And uh, that's, you know, a, a big thing uh, as far as building that culture. Also create adversity, you know, um, put them in situations that are uncomfortable, whether that's new positions, whether that's the bell ringer, putting them on the board drawing, that may be uncomfortable for guys, uh, putting them in different new looks, uh, you know, looks that may be difficult. See how they adapt to that adversity. You know, through that adversity, you're going to build that camaraderie, you're going to build that culture uh, that, that you guys want to, you know, that everybody wants to see within that position group. And uh, I, I think those are some, some great points as far as, you know, what I try to, implement to, to cement that culture within my room coach i know in in uh having just spoke to coach hall your, your offensive coordinator uh tempo is going to be a big part of what you guys do and uh you know that that's something um i think tempo probably stresses the offensive line more than anybody on the field because you guys still need to identify um, be able to communicate some things, uh, you, you know, it may, may not be very long to do it, but uh, you still have to be able to do that, be very clear in communication, uh, certainly more clear than a team who is not going fast because uh, you yeah. don't have time to fix it, right? There's, there's no time to say, yeah. oh, no, 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 this way. Like, you got to go now and get up and do it. So um, training that, I guess, stressful situation, what ways are you able to, to do that you know, starting in the in the classroom, moving through your walkthroughs, and certainly then moving it out onto the field. I, I think to train for tempo, you've got to ask questions with urgency, and they've got to know that it's got to roll off the tongue. It's got to be second nature to them. Uh, when you ask questions in the meeting room, you can't give them a lot of time to react to it. They've got to know. They've got to be locked into it. You've got to, you know, insinuate that in your, in your culture as well. Uh, when, when you ask them questions in the meeting room, it can't be a uh, – we gotta, we gotta go. It could be a tempo call uh, that we have to make. It could be on a play where we're trying to get the defense at a disadvantage uh, with our tempo, and uh, they've got to be confident. I, I think the biggest thing is, is, and this is what I say in my room a lot: confidence equals speed, and speed equals power. Obviously, offense, all offensive line coaches want to play with power, uh, but to start that, to start that sequence, you've got to be confident in what you're doing. And if you're confident in what you're doing, the calls you're making, the looks you're seeing, you can do that with speed, and then you're going to create power through that speed. Uh, so I, I think that's the, the, the chain we try to connect. And, you know, if you're, if you're not confident, you're not going to be very fast at what you're doing. If you're not very fast at what you're doing, you're not going to be powerful. 
So we've got to connect that chain. And uh, it, it all starts with confidence and, and knowing what you're doing and know the task at hand. And, uh, you know, I, I try to insinuate that a little bit in, in everything we do, whether that's asking questions in the meeting room or walkthroughs, uh, giving them the play and then going right into the snap count to try and simulate that tempo and not give those guys a lot of time to sit there and because uh, they're not going to have that in a true tempo situation. Uh, so you've you got to do a great job as an offensive line coach to have your guys ready for that situation. And those are just some some ways offhand that, that you know, I like to use uh, to get my guys ready for that situation. I, I get to, uh, you know, now in my role, try to get out and watch as much practice as I can and watch how people are doing things. And really, um, from my time in coaching and then now just going out and watching things, I think, in my opinion, the – the position group that does a walkthrough best is is the offensive line, and it's just I think in terms of the communication and and uh, what they're really getting out of it. You know, it's not uh, you know just just running uh, stunts through cans. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of footwork that you're focusing on, the initial footwork, the communication, all those things. Um, you know, as you're you're getting together a new group, you know, new offensive line, and you're installing, here's how we're going to do our walkthrough. What things are you emphasizing? What do you want to see out of that walkthrough period? Communication is huge for me in a walkthrough. Uh, you know, obviously I want, I want to try and take our, our steps as close to possible as we can. And, uh, you know, just that air of like what I, what I talked about confidence-wise, man, being loud with your calls, making sure everybody's on the same page, making sure the center is leading everybody, making our calls, and uh, nobody has any doubt before that ball is snapped of what we're doing and where we're going. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, a big thing for me is sometimes guys assume that other guys know what's going on. Well, let's not tell secrets up there. Let's let everybody know what we're doing and let's communicate that. And, um, you know, I, I think that's the biggest thing I look for uh, in those situations, how confident is, is the player um, in that walkthrough? Are we making calls loud? Are we, you know, are we letting everybody know what we're doing up front, who we're working with in double team combinations, uh, where the slide's going in protection, different things like that is, is huge in those, you know, and we're, and we're stealing all the time we can as offensive line coaches to try and get that done uh, pre-practice, you know, uh, in, in between meetings and camp, you know, different things like that. We're trying to steal that time uh, to, to get us, you know, to be as good as we can in those situations. So uh, that, that's really what I look for uh, during that time that I can steal, you know, whenever that is. Yeah, I haven't met an offensive line coach who wasn't asking for more individual time on the on the practice plan. <laughs> um, I mean, which is funny, you know, that's the group. You, you, traditionally, and, and certainly people outside the game don't understand the 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 technical ability that has to be uh, executed here. All the techniques that it is very very specific. I mean. You know, it's it's more like being surgeons than than butchers, right? Like, I mean, we yeah, think of them. Hundred percent. Right. We think of the O line as being those guys just going out and hammering people, but man, it is it is so technique heavy. So you guys are always looking for uh, more fundamental time. You're always looking for more individual time, and, and you do steal it. You're, all, I mean, fortunately, you know, you're not involved in much other than uh, you know the extra point. So just talk us through how you find that time. Uh, as as an O-line coach and, and I guess get creative with uh, what might be available to you? 
Uh, I, I work with a phenomenal head coach. Willie Fritz does a, a spectacular job at building our culture, and and he gives me everything I need to be successful. Uh, we have, you know, we're lucky enough to have ample time and individual. Uh, also, Coach Hall, Will Hall, our offensive coordinator, does a phenomenal job at making sure uh, I have all the time needed. So I, I have that luxury down here. Uh, you know, offensive line's a priority down here. So we, we get a lot of time to work with my guys. Uh, you know, and as far as developing, you know, those fundamentals during that time, uh, kind of geared into drills that focus on efficient movement of the body. How efficiently can we move? Uh, you know, we work in a phone booth, so any type of wasted movement and examples of that, you know, false steps, poor angles, uh, you know, our hands may be late, uh, the length of our step, you know, our body position after those steps. Uh, any type of mishap or what I call a hitch puts us in, ex in an extreme disadvantage, and it happens very quickly. Uh, so with that small space we work in, uh, you know, we must be masters of, the, of moving efficiently. Uh, if we make a move that's not helping us achieve our goal, uh, then we got to ask ourselves why we're making that movement. Uh, you know, focus more on how I'm going to move to make this block and create leverage. Um, you know, and all the individuals, all my guys have individual hitches uh, that kind of make them less efficient in, in different different blocking techniques. Uh, and they, I try to make sure and identify those on an individual basis, make sure those guys know. So as we're working through those drills uh, during that time, they can focus more on that, you know, whether it's where they, where they carry their hands, if they're dropping their hands, uh, if they have a long second step in the inside zone techniques, uh, different things like that. And, uh, you know, also I think I, I try to create a culture where we pick one specific skill individually or situation to get better at every day. And those guys look for it on tape. I ask them and stretch every day. Uh, hey, man, what are you getting better at? Uh, and, and they better have a – clear, specific skill or situation they're getting better at. It can't just be uh, footwork or punch. I want to know what you're working, what technique you're worried about going against and how you're going to focus in on that with laser focus for the day to get better at it. Uh, so I'll, I'm always harping on, hey, man, what are you getting better at today? One thing you're getting better at. Uh, focus a lot on, you know, the angles our body creates with our lower body uh, so we can move efficiently. Uh, where our body weight's positioned, our posture, um, I, I think a big thing also in, in all of our drills is you got to focus on your stance. Uh, we got to be in an efficient stance to put out an efficient movement. Uh, you know, there, there can't be a lot of waste in time uh, to get it started. You got to focus on it and really coach it. Uh, don't let it develop into a bad habit because once it's, you know, cements itself as a bad habit, it's hard to break that. Uh, you know, and I, I find myself coaching stance a little bit more because if, if you don't start right, you usually can't finish right. And, uh, you know, uh, another thing as far as individual and developing those fundamentals is, you know, I, I like doing drills 100% uh, full game reps. Uh, less drills with the one step and stop. Uh, you know, I feel like you can evaluate those first steps on a full speed rep. Uh, you know, we want our guys playing very, very fast, and every rep should involve game-like speed and explosion. That's what I'm looking for. Um, you know, some, some get it started drills for me or, or everyday drills for some people. Uh, I, I like to make sure we're, we're making flexibility a priority. You know, we'll get out some PVC pipes and make sure we're bending and moving and, uh, you know, moving with a low center of gravity and uh, able to really engage those hips and, and open those things up to get it started. 
some other things I've gotten into uh, individual drill wise is a lot of unilateral single leg uh, training as far as driving off that opposite leg. Uh, you know, maybe in, in in our tight zone drive blocks or our pass sets. Uh, you know that drive catch method that a lot of people are using uh, with Charles Bentley. Uh, that, that's a lot of unilateral training uh, involved in that with the drive phase and. You know, I, I've kind of adopted a little bit, you know, a, a lot of that into my individual drills. Uh, and I think it's paid dividends with those guys learning how you move. It's one thing to take a step. It's another thing to talk about how you can move to that spot efficiently. Um, you know, so I, I, I think that's a – you got to have a mixture, though, of everyday drills that's your foundation and then situational drills. And you got to mix those up and make sure you got a good mixture of them throughout practice because you don't want to lose those base fundamentals. You don't want to do it. And uh, but you also don't want to be uh, unequipped for for different situations that you're going to encounter in practice. You know whether that's a blitz or or some type of line movement. You want to have those guys ready. You don't want to put them at a disposition where they're they're in a bad spot because they haven't seen it, they haven't repped it, and uh, you you just want to make sure you you've got a good blend of those base drills and, and situational drills as well. Coach, how are you managing or keeping an eye on? Uh your players, you know, health, uh, their, their workload, you know, essentially as they go through camp, um, because certainly, you know, we want to get to week one and have these guys fresh and ready to go. So are there any things you, you do and, and how you look at that or manage the amount of reps they're getting and the amount of work they're getting? I think you got to have a core group of older guys that you trust, that you've built a relationship with that will shoot you straight. And, and they're worried, you know, they're driven by winning, but they're also driven by, you know, the ability they, they can communicate with you in a, in a professional manner. Hey, coach, man, we, we you know, we're, we're down right now or different things like that. You, you've got to balance that, you know, from pressing through and putting yourself in, you know, adverse situations or, you know, there's a point where you're putting them in, in harm's way as far as injury and, and grinding those guys up. And it's a tough game in the trenches, man. And uh, you've got to take that into account, but you've also got to build, you know, you know, walk the line and build toughness and have guys press through when, when there are some situations like that. So, uh, you know, I, I lean heavily, obviously, on athletic training staff. They've, you know, been schooled in that, know a lot more than I do about it. Uh, but also you got to lean on those seniors a little bit to uh, make sure we're fresh and ready to go for game one and, uh, you know, you're not grinding guys into the ground. And uh, we're able to practice things in, in, in a game like speed and, you know, not beating those guys up. I think a big part of, of what you need to do in your position is uh, the evaluation. And especially in camp, you know, if you're replacing guys or there's some unknowns or, you know, you, you got new guys coming in, whatever it might be, uh, you probably more than anybody else number one, want to, want to get the evaluation right and figure it out probably as soon as possible. So you get that chemistry going and how those guys are working together. So, um, for you, what, what does that process involve and how you're going to evaluate and take a look at, uh, who's getting the, you know, the reps with the ones and who's subbing in with the ones, et cetera. Yeah, I, I think it works its way out through fall camp. Obviously fall camp is critical. Uh, you know, who can, who can effectively play in what positions, uh, who has a natural feel working together in double teams, pass protection, different situations. You know, it, it's not as much of a factor anymore, but registered situations. Um, you know, and you always got to be preparing for the unknown. Anticipate injuries. Uh, you know, 
and what you're going to do in those situations, and you better have a plan. Uh, so my evaluation, uh, you know, process starts early. You ha- always have an idea going into it, but that always changes uh, every year. Uh, the big thing for me is, I, you know, as far as we, we want to create competition always, uh, I have what I call the daily stock report, uh, which is just a quick gauge of how I feel that each guy performed each day. I've got names up in my meeting room, and they either, they're going up, they're even, or they're going down. And even and down are negatives, and, you know, if they're going up, you know, obviously their stock's improving, and I feel more confident in them. So it's a daily quick gauge. It's not a number rating system. It, it's how I feel that they performed or, you know, their stock's going up or going down. And, uh, you know, if coaches are in the offensive staff meeting, they're saying, hey, you know, th- this guy had a good day today. Their, their stock's probably up. Uh, so that, that's a quick gauge for guys as far as my, you know, evaluation of them for the day. Uh, you know, when you're going into evaluating guys for, for games, you, you've got to evaluate them in the most game-like situation we have. And those are in-camp team periods and early week team periods during, during game weeks. Uh, and, and I think it's good to, to grade one of those practices a week, whether Tuesday's your hard practice, if, if you've got a bunch of competition with it, grade it uh you know if there's a bunch of guys vying for different spots grade it and uh see see what the numbers say and uh you know if it's if it's a close position battle use it as a situation to always create competition break that stagnation and 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 you want competition at every position up there in a perfect world and uh the players just have to know the importance that each team rep each you know team practice rep uh, impacts their ability to play within the game. If they can't meet the standard in those team reps, then I can't trust them in a game situation. Uh, and it goes back to meeting the standard. Who do you want to be? You get very few opportunities in reality uh, within a practice uh, during those team situations that have an impact on your standard. Uh, so, you know, I try to help them out as much as I can in drills to, to practice those movements to make them successful. But it's their job in those game-like situations to perform and, and to stick out. And, uh, you know, it, also it boils down to, you know, the importance of performing at a high level regardless of their situation, whether they're on the scout team, good on good, et cetera, et cetera. The situation should not impact your attitude or effort on developing the reputation you want to have. And that, that's a big thing I, I, I preach to a lot of young guys that may not be in the situation they want to be in, but they can always build on that and, uh, and crack into that roster and, and, and into that rotation. Well, Coach, you shared a lot of great thoughts and ideas with us here on how we approach the beginning of our season, the preseason here. Uh, but as you look at everything you do and building this offensive line, you know, what's the one thing you do that you really feel gives your guys the winning edge? Uh, I, I just think equipping them with the knowledge of the game uh, is a huge thing for me, uh, you know, as well as just the total package, man, trusting your techniques. When things go bad, when situations aren't exactly uh, what you think they should be or what you thought they would be, hold tight to your technique. Your technique saves you. Uh, throughout the situation and I try to drive home those techniques that you know we've got to hold true to those and uh, good things will happen to us up front if we can you know execute those techniques in a proper manner. Coaches follow coach Cody Kennedy on Twitter at coach C Kennedy. Coach it was great to have you here. Uh, Best of luck to you in the green wave in 2019. Absolutely appreciate what you do. Roll with. Thank you again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. 
please, if you are enjoying the podcast, head over to iTunes or Spotify and click five star for rate. If you have a minute, write a review. It really helps the podcast. Check out our new home for the Coaching Coordinator podcast. That's at coachandcoordinator.com. And follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.